Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. All right, good morning, Crossroads. Uh, welcome to our Sunday morning worship celebrations. Uh, where we're trying to get used to, like everyone else, uh, doing church life together in this new normal that we are in. Um, I should say good morning to everybody, because it's not just people from Crossroads that are watching right now, but to everyone that's watching, uh, just good morning, okay? Um, I wanted to share a couple of things really quickly uh, before we get started. Uh, first and foremost... Um, if you are watching this, uh, feel free to share this. Uh, there are lots of people who maybe for the first time, I've gotten a lot of requests from people, uh, how do they watch our live streams um, and the messages? And uh, if you just share it, I mean, you don't have to be a member of Crossroads to watch it. Uh, anyone is welcome to uh, join the Sunday celebration with us. And I wanted to share as well a couple of things that because this is our new normal, that we're going to have to be uh, doing different uh, for the next, hopefully, just seven days, but it's likely going to be a little bit longer than that. So, um, yeah, uh, one, share it. Two, also, uh, I wanted to share some things. Um, and thank you. Hey, Brandon, uh, Bobby, Larry, all you guys that are watching, first and foremost, uh, wanted to share that we are going to have uh, and continue as long as this goes on with our online prayer that we've been doing um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, we just stream and ask folks to come on with us and join us for prayer because I wholeheartedly believe that the people of God should be praying um, and it will have a tremendous impact on the way things progress. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, again, don't have to be a member of Crossroads. Hopefully there aren't any congregations or denominations that are trying to limit things to their congregation or denomination. Uh, hopefully people are pulling together and realizing that we just need to be the church, uh, combined together as the church. So um, our prayer group's open to anyone that wants to pray with us Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7.07 p.m. Uh, we're also going to start, and we'll probably continue this even after, a video chat Bible study where you can uh, join the Bible study. It won't be on Facebook. It's via another application called Zoom where you can join in um, from your tablet, from your phone, from your laptop, uh, from whatever makes you feel comfortable uh, and we'll all be able to see each other rather than like right now, everyone can just see uh, me. We'll all be able to see each other. Uh, so if you want to do it, uh, we're going to start that. Mark Berkshire, uh, who's he's spoken here at Crossroads, a friend of mine, advocate for um, uh, the persecuted church, is going to start that this coming Tuesday night at 7.07 p.m. as well. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, we need your email address, because we'll have to email you a code that you can use to get into that Bible study. Uh, we can have up to 100 people. I don't think we're going to have that many, 
but if we do, uh, so be it. Uh, also, uh, somebody asked me about giving again. Uh, so let me, let me share this, and this is for everybody. Especially during this time, because things are very chaotic, okay? Uh, things are, hey, what's up, Robert? Uh, I have some information from you. Yeah, um, because this time is very chaotic, my personal feeling, and I know other pastors feel differently, my personal feeling is your first financial responsibility is to your family, to make sure that you have food on your table, uh, to make sure that you have money to get whatever medicine, if that, that you need, to make sure that your bills are paid. That, that, that should be your primary goal, and the phone's ringing right now. Uh, but if you are able to, to tithe because you've still got an income and you've still got a job and you, you're, you know, you're financially secure right now, first and foremost, thank God for that. Uh, and then go ahead and you can tithe if you want to do it to Crossroads. Uh, if you're just checking us out, this is not a pitch to get you to give money. That's not how we roll. Um, but uh, for those who call Crossroads their church home and you're financially stable and you're able to give, uh, you can give online at our website, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com. Uh, you can mail your check-in the old school snail mail way to our mailing address. That's also on our website. Um, totally up to you. But your first priority should be uh, to, you know, taking whatever financial resources you have and making sure that you take care of your family. Um, I, I'm, I'm not saying this uh, for any other reason than I believe that God is going to take care of the church. Uh, the members of Crossroads have been faithfully tithing. Thank you, Jesus. And um, we're in a position where, God willing, this won't go on too long, but if it does for a couple of weeks, we'll be able to continue to take, pay bills, pay for our missionaries, because we want to continue to support them and do other things. So uh, we want to make sure that happens. So again, Giving, don't feel obligated to give to a church. Uh, your first obligation is to take care of your family. Um, there is a, uh, a verse that I want to talk about this morning that a lot of people um, have been quoting and, and, and have been posting online, especially now, because of this kind of global epidemic that we're in. And it's Jeremiah 29.11. Many of you guys are familiar with it. Jeremiah 29.11 uh, reads this. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Oh, hey, Danny Bunnell, good to see you, man. Um, but here's the thing. If you have a Bible, open it up, because I know people have been posting about that verse, and, and a lot of people have been taking that and a lot of verses out of context. But I wanted to share, because that verse is actually so tied to our current situation right now, because God actually wrote that to a group of people who were having to get used to their new normal, for lack of a better term, and uh, we're in a position where, you know, we as a nation and as a world, really, lots of nations are going through what we're going through, are having to get used to this new normal. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Jeremiah chapter 29, uh, and we're going to walk through not just verse 11, but couple of the verses before that, and then I want to end with us praying, as always, for our nation and for uh, all the people out there who are infected and all the people out there who are protecting us from getting infected, all the doctors and nurses. Uh, but again, 
this is our new normal. Uh, a lot of people, when this started happening and, and we got into this situation, uh, they said uh, they either took one or two positions and you can decide which one you took. Uh, some people said, hey, they're asking us to quarantine and, and self-quarantine, so uh, I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to self-quarantine and I'm not going to do anything and, you know, I'm going I'm to practice the social distancing, I'm not going to hang out with people, and I'm going to hope this goes away in two or three weeks that we minimize the exposure, we're able to maintain resources, and then in a couple of weeks we'll get back to a normal way of life. Uh, whilst we still try to mitigate uh, this disease. That, that's what, there were some people in this camp who said, hey, I'm gonna practice the social distancing. Uh, thank you to all of you who, who did. There were also people in another camp who said, they sat there, arms crossed and said, not me. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. This is all a hoax. I don't care. I don't believe it. I haven't seen enough information. I haven't been convinced that I need to do anything and they said, not me. They went out, they partied, they did all that stuff that they still needed to do. And, and here's the result, and I'm not judging, it doesn't matter which side you are, right? If you were in the side that said, yes, I'm gonna practice social distancing, and you've been doing this for like a week so far, or day six or seven or whatever it is, or if you're in the camp that says, well, I didn't really practice it, and now as uh, states and municipalities are locking down, I'm going to have to, doesn't matter which one you were in before, we're all in the same boat now. For every single one of us, this is going to be the new normal. For some of us, uh, we're praying uh, in, in some locations and cities and states, maybe for the next only seven to 10 days. Uh, for others who haven't really even started yet, and now they're just starting to lock down, uh, that 15, 21 day time period may start now. But for all of us, this is the new normal, this is the new reality that we have to operate in. And I wanted to share uh, some scripture uh, with you guys because Jeremiah 29, 11 kind of talks about that. But before you get to Jeremiah 29, 11, and I've preached about this before and a lot of other pastors have, you get to Jeremiah 29, verse one. And that's important because it kind of lays the groundwork for what this is talking about. And again, uh, just a little bit of background. Don't zone out. Don't zone out. A little bit of background. Uh, God wrote this to the nation of Israel, just some historical background. It was divided, northern and southern kingdom. Uh, 722 BC, northern kingdom got taken over, obliterated, obliterated by the Assyrian Empire. Now you're at about 612 BC. Uh, it's no longer the Assyrian Empire. That morphed into the Babylonian Empire. And they came in, and they didn't kind of obliterate, but they kind of just took over and made the southern nation of Israel subject to them. And they took a bunch of people hostage. They came back in about 606, took some more people. And then in 586 BC, they just crushed it. But this is what uh, God writes to these people. And this is pertinent to us. I'm, I'm going to show you why. This is pertinent to us. Verse 1. Jeremiah 29 says, this is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to their surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar, that he was the ruler of Babylon, had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So Jeremiah, who's still in Jerusalem, knows that a bunch of people have been taken 
over into exile into Babylon, and he writes a letter to them. And, and, and I'm going to explain why he wrote this letter to them uh, in a minute. It says, uh, verse 2, this was after King Joachim and the queen mother and the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the artisans, had gone into exile from Jerusalem. So uh, again, he writes this letter to them, and this whole reason for him writing this letter is to say, hey, I know the situation that you're in really sucks, but it's your new normal. And he doesn't write it just because he's being a jerk. He's writing it because God says, you need to let the people know that this is going to be the new normal for a while. And this is, this is what needs to get across to us. Granted, every single one of us wants all of this to be over. Uh, hey, Heather, how are you doing? Uh, every single one of us, you're watching from the beach right now, aren't you? Okay, cool. Every single one of us wants um, this to be over. We want things to get back to normal. But for the next, whether it be week or two weeks or three weeks or whatever, this is going to be the new normal. Uh, we want things to get back to the way they were, but they're not going to get back that way yet. So this is what he writes, verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, an another point really quick, because I know a lot of people have been saying that, you know, everything that's going on, that God caused this, that this is the result of man's sin, and blah, blah, blah. And also there are people that were saying, I had someone just asked me again, uh, is this mean that we are in the end times? So here's quick, quick response to all that. Man caused this virus. God didn't sit down, create this virus, and then poof, let it go. Man created this. Did God allow it? Yes, because God gives man free will. And as we know, uh, there are a lot of people on the planet who do stupid things, mean things, and vile things. And God allows them the free will to do those things just like he allows you the free will to turn me off because you disagree with me or for people to go out and do stupid things or for people to do some of the amazing things that we've seen people doing during this crisis. So God didn't cause this, but God did allow this. Uh, and the term, uh, are we in the end times? No. Are we in the last days? Yes. The last days started on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. The end times refers to, you know, the book of Revelation. And I have to clarify, because someone asked me about this. Uh, the things I believe that are in the book of Revelation are true. They will happen. This is not that yet. So this is just something that happened, uh, a virus that is impacting not just our nation, but the globe. This is not the things that are talked about in the book of Revelation. And I don't want to spend a, a lot of time there, but... Um, yeah, just, 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 just to keep going on. Also, uh, so um, he writes, I carry all of these people. Uh, God says, this is to be written to people in Jerusalem, but it's from God. And he says, write it to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And here's what he tells them. And this, this is important. He says, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Now, the indication is he says, hey, I want you to plant gardens because he wants them to know you're going to be there a while. Okay? Uh, I want you to go out, live your life, uh, get married, 
have children and your children's children are going to have children and to do life because this, this is your world right now. This is the new normal that you're going to be in. Now, I say this not to say that God is saying that we're going to be here for generations, but I say this because God acknowledges that, hey, this is going to be our new normal for a while. And in this new normal, we've got to learn how to get along with one another. Uh, we've got to learn how to support one another. We've got to learn how to do the things that are going to help us coexist uh, during this time. And a lot of us are doing that, and praise God for that. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, because uh, God also says this. He says, increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, and this is important, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. And that's important because uh, normally, you know, a nation comes and overtakes you. You're not going to seek the peace and prosperity of it. You're going to try to rebel. Uh, that was a very violent overtaking that happened when uh, they were taking captivity. But in the same way, I think God would say to us, I know a lot of people are like, I'm not going to do what the government says. I know a lot of people are like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resist and no one's going to tell me about who I can hang out with. And I'm going to go out and party and I'm going to do whatever but if you're a Christ follower, I think God, what God would have us say is, hey, uh, we need to abide by what the government is saying. Now, here's, let, me, let me pause for a minute because there are so many people who I have had conversations with, other people have had conversations with, who think that when the government says don't gather and that we can't have church, and so now we're live streaming instead of having people filled in the room, that the government is coming against the church. If they were only directing that at the church, that would be true. But they're directing it at everywhere where people gather in order to stop a virus. This isn't an attack against the church to stop the people of God from worshiping. And I'll, I'll go even further and say this, because I've had conversations with people, and some of you guys may have too, um, people who, what is the verse they quote? Hebrews. Uh, chapter 10, verse 25, which says, do not you know, forsake the gathering of people together. And so people ask me, well, what do you do with that verse, Floyd? How do you interpret that? Because the government's telling us not to gather, but God says we should. And my response is, I interpret that verse in the context of not just Hebrews 10, 25, but the 24 verses before it. Because those verses specifically say, hey, don't limit yourself to gathering in a building because he was talking about the people who were saying, we're not really experiencing life with God because we don't have the temple, right? They were like, we've got to be in this place and do it this way and have a priest in front of us in order to worship. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, hey, that's not true. And you shouldn't forsake gathering together, but you don't have to do it at this place, in this building, uh, gather together and have music and an offering and then the sermon. And he even goes so far as to say, if you limit, if you limit your understanding of your access to God to just in a building doing it a certain way, then you could be sinning, which is what the following verses after verse 25 say. So this isn't about the government trying to stop the church from gathering. This isn't about the church not being the church because we aren't in the building. This is about the church saying, hey, we're in this situation. God knows we're all in this situation together. Christ followers, Buddhists, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, um, 
you know, dog lovers, cat lovers, all of us together. How do we do life and move on? Because we have to do life. Whether we like it or not, tomorrow the sun's going to, you know, come up. We're going to have to start a new day. And we're going to have to do life together. And we have to address, you know, what we're going through together. So in addition to that, uh, here's what else he says. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going way off, off target, but I'm going to try to stay focused. So he says, um, pray for peace for the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So if we're, you know, this is why I'm saying, hey, I don't care if you like Trump or not. Pray for him. I don't care if you like Pence or not. Pray for them. Why? Because they're the ones who are leading our nation through this crisis. And guess what? If they get us through it, we all get through it. The people who love Trump and Pence get through it. The people who hate Trump and Pence get through it. And pray for them, because then we can get on with the elections, and some of you who want to get them out can vote in whoever you want. But the goal is that, hey, this isn't a time to be against our government leaders. Now more than ever, every single government leader at the state level, at the federal level, at the local municipality level, we should be on our hands and knees praying for them because they need the wisdom of God. There's not a single person, elected official on the planet right now who has ever led their people, their nation, their people who voted for them through a global pandemic, not one. And so they all need the wisdom of God and the people of God need to come together and be praying for them. This is what he says. He says this in verse 8. He says, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Don't let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Don't listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. And I cannot, I cannot reiterate this enough about all the people that, again, that are saying, we're not the church if we're not gathering the way we used to. Uh, I cannot say this again. The church is not limited to a building. You know, the church has left the building. We should have done it a long time ago. Uh, there were lots of uh, people who, just because, you know, we've been streaming our services for a while because I just like technology. I'm a geek like that. But uh, a lot of pastors who I've talked to were like, we don't want to stream because then people will stay home and watch and they won't come into the building. And my thought was, who cares? I don't care if they're watching from a plane, uh, from the bathroom. If you're in the bathroom, don't let me know, though. Uh, wherever they're watching from, it doesn't matter. Uh, just, just, just as long as they're engaging. And there are people right now, uh, maybe you're not in a room filled with people. Maybe it's just you and your kids or you and your husband and wife or, or whatever that are gathered with their families. And right now, where two or more gathered, you are the church. Don't believe the false lies from people that say you're not the church unless you gather in person. And I've seen just over, and you guys have probably seen it too, I had to uh, take like a social media break. So it was just too overwhelming, which uh, Judy Robbins recommended, and I did. Thank you, Judy, because that was so cleansing. Uh, but I've and just seen so many stories. Because there are larger churches where churches continue to meet, pastor either got sick or someone else uh, got sick or uh, we had a church in East Liberty where that pastor got sick, but that was kind of leading up to it. Uh, there was a church in Kansas I just read the other day where that pastor defied 
the civil liberties, uh, li civil authorities that said do not meet in gatherings over a number of size. They had about 100 people. They met. Somebody got a bunch of people sick. Um, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. We can still be the church. We're the church whether we're gathered uh, in our backyards, in our home, in our living room, uh, in your kitchen. Wherever people gather, you're still the church. So don't believe all the people that tell you otherwise and that tell you that you're not. And let me wrap this up. I'm sorry. I'm going off on tangents. He says, they're prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them. Again, those aren't people. They're not preaching God's word. He says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon... I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. Now, that's not to say that we're going to be in this for 70 years. But it is to say that God knows when this is going to end. Uh, if, you, if you think of um, time, if this is the beginning uh, of time, wherever time started, and this is the end of time, God sits outside of that. So he sees all of this at once. He, he was there and saw when this happened. At the same time, he saw when this whole pandemic is going to end and how it's going to end. And what he's reiterating to them, the same thing he's telling us, to say, when this is over, I still am going to complete the plans that I have for you. I'm still going to complete uh, the role for the church in our culture and in our community. And then this is where he gets into verse 11. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And his plans, that word prosper, this has nothing to do with money, doesn't mean that you're going to come out of this richer, however, if you take that money the government gives you and when the stocks start going back up, buy some stocks and you make out, so be it. But uh, the word prosper has nothing to do with money. It means that God's goal is to put us in a better place than before we started. And he talks about the fact that we'll call on him, we'll pray to him, and he'll hear us. We'll seek him, and those who seek him will find him. And here's, here's the reality. Uh, what God is saying is even when this is over, I mean, this is our new normal for right now, but when this is over, there are going to be people who never in their lives would have thought to have seek God or go to church or listen to a live stream, and they're going to be searching for God. Maybe in the days and weeks to come, maybe some have already done it. When this is over, there are going to be people who maybe who thought, you know, I'm going to put the whole church thing or getting to know God on a back burner. And now he's the only thing that's going to sustain them because of their financial loss or, or loss of job or whatever. When this is over, there's going to be pastors who are going to have to say, you know what, I need to look at the way maybe we'll do church differently. Uh, maybe we won't focus on getting people into the building. Maybe we'll focus on how can we just get people to gather in different places uh, and, and ways to just celebrate and rejoice in God. Who cares what building it is? But when this is over, God's still going to be God. He's still going to be sovereign on the throne. We're still going to be here because we can get through this together. And the church will still be a place where people or not literally a place, but the people of God who come together, who rejoice in him, who call on his name, and who lift him up. And I encourage you, 
uh, if you're listening to this. And if you are watching this, share this on your, your uh, social media thing. I know people don't like to share God-churchy stuff, but there are people right now, this morning more than ever, who are looking for God-churchy stuff because they're trying to find ways to experience God. And maybe the only way they'll do that is because you're sharing this message or another one that you listen to. I know a lot of you listen to multiple messages. I listen to a whole bunch of other speakers. Uh, so share those so that people might be able to experience God this morning. And I just want to pray that if there is anyone watching who says, well, I've, I've never really taken that step across the line of faith to experience God, it's not about coming into a building. It's not about reciting a practice prayer. It's not about um, um, if I sing these songs, uh, hymns versus contemporary or anything about that. It's all about just acknowledging that there is a God who loves us, who sent his son to pay the penalty for our sins, and sins is just a fancy word that means the things that separated us from God because we're not like him at all. And in order to prove that, his son, Jesus Christ, not only did he pay the penalty by dying on a cross, but then rose from the dead so that there is absolutely positively no doubt in our mind that, yeah, he indeed is God and that God loves us. And if we believe that, then God says that he puts his Holy Spirit in us so that we never have to doubt whether or not we are his. And so I'm going to ask us to uh, just spend some time praying really quickly. Um, amen, Glenn. Glenn said that we are here. We are one with God. We may not be sitting by each other physically, but we are one. God bless you too as well, Glenn. Uh, so I'm going to ask you guys to bow your head because I want to pray for uh, our federal leaders. Um, I want to pray for the, the, the state leaders in each state that are trying to uh, manage resources. And I want to pray for, as always, the doctors, the, the, the medical staff, the nurses, um, as well as the bus drivers. We could, we could literally spend all day and all night praying because there's so many people in need. There are people who are sick from other diseases that are now impacted because medical resources are being pulled away to try to fight this. So there, we could. this is one of the reasons why we have the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night prayer uh, online streaming at 7.07 p.m. You don't have to say anything, just join. Even if you don't join, just 7.07 p.m., just bow your head wherever you are and pray with us. Uh, but I want to pray right now. God, we lift up uh, the president to you. Uh, we pray that you would give him wisdom beyond his own capability because we know that's what it's going to take to lead this nation through this crisis. God, we lift up the vice president to you and pray that you would give him uh, leadership and wisdom uh, as he pulls all the resources and leads the task force and responds to the needs of all of the state and, and municipal uh, resources that are pulling from them and, and, and need resources. We pray for all of the state leaders, the governors. Uh, uh, we pray for the, the congressional and, and Senate leaders at the federal and state level. We pray that you would give them a spirit of unity, that they may not seek uh, party or, or political things, but they seek to do what is best for the people in this nation to lead us through this crisis. 
God, we pray for all of the doctors and nurses and administrative staff, all of the people that will get up tomorrow morning, even the ones that are there right now, and head to the hospital and continue to do their best with limited resources and, and whatever they have available. We pray that you will put a hedge of protection around them as they seek to meet the needs of uh, sick people, not just people uh, dealing with the coronavirus, but people dealing with other sicknesses as well. We pray that you would give wisdom and insight to uh, just all of their administrative staff as they seek to uh, use resources to the best of their ability. We pray for the, the transportation workers, the bus drivers, the train drivers, all of them who are getting people back and forth. The people at the hospital, our local hospital, who have to, the shuttle bus riders, we pray for the shuttle bus who has to have people get on and off, on and off, on and off, and constantly risking exposure themselves, Lord. There's so many people who we could be praying for, but here's the most important thing. We pray that the people of God, those of us who are filled with your spirit, called by your name, that we would adhere to your will and your word. That we would support whatever efforts are going to help us get out of this. That we would understand that even though we're not gathered in a building right now, we are gathered around the nation and around the world as your people, as the church. We pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us, unite us, humble us, and remind us to consistently, regardless of what we hear on the news, regardless of what the numbers say, to give you the praise and the glory and the honor that you are due because you alone are God. And we pray that as your word says, we take this to heart, that when this is over, that we're going to still be the church. You're going to still be our God. We will still be your people. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Pray that God bless you and keep you. Uh, pray that you have an awesome rest of your Sunday gathered together with your family. And uh, hopefully we'll see as many of you as can make it on Monday night, 7.07 p.m. Uh, for our prayer. And then on Tuesday night, 7.07 p.m., if you're interested for our Bible study. Again, if you're interested in a Bible study, uh, either message me or just drop your email in the comments because we need to email you the code uh, to get access to the Zoom face video chat functionality and all that stuff. Uh, we'll probably send an event out, and within the event, we'll have all the information. The first, Make it easier. First couple of people that say, yeah, I'm in, you'll be in. All right, thank you guys. Pray you have an awesome rest of your Sunday. God bless. <laughs>